Welcome to Deathbed Discs. This is kind of me just wanting to tell a little bit of my story. I'm aware that no one knows who I am, or Alex, who's a producer. But I thought it would be really interesting to just come here and say a few words before the season starts. So this is really the story of Deathbed Discs. So a little under three years ago, my life completely changed forever. After a difficult five-year breakup and about four deaths in eight months, three of which were some of the most important people, if not the most important people of my life, except my mom, I was really at my lowest and there was this sort of black cloud, this black stink over me. They kind of left in such a way that I just didn't see it coming. And it was this avalanche of feelings and emotions and grief that I hadn't really ever prepared for. I kind of thought it may happen to me one day, but you kind of do. And then when it does, you you feel so unprepared for it. I just couldn't comprehend how someone could just leave like that. Especially someone, in my case of my stepfather, who's so close to me and who I had it really kind of in my everyday. And I hadn't ever felt death and grief of this magnitude It really does throw your world upside down. And these feelings and sensations that you just find so difficult to put into words, you know. So my story kind of began there. Don't know, I guess my way of coping was just throwing myself into it even more um, to and try and understand exactly what I was feeling. So I kind of got very obsessive and as a very inquisitive Sagittarius, I dug deeper and deeper into books and poetry and podcasts and conversations with friends and family, I began realizing that we have this innate inability to talk about death. And it just became so visible and I I really struggled to ignore it. Despite trying to, like all I actually wanted to do was talk about death, but I realized that people just didn't want to listen to that. And it made people uncomfortable. But I'd go out and just like unload on everybody and not even in a really bad way. I just I was actually just very interested in talking about it. I don't know, maybe maybe by talking about like how these people died made me feel kind of closer to them. I don't know, that might be one thing. But anyway, I realized how people struggle to talk about it. And it's just mind baffling how uncomfortable rooms can become and stiff bodies can get. I mean, just even my mum the other day when I discuss with her that I thought that we should think of a funeral she was horrified at me which is very surprising seeing as she's seen me you know talk about death the last three years non-stop so there you go um we're not taught how to grieve or how to openly talk about death and to be honest it's mostly the western society that struggles and this is something I've seen in the podcast as well like the kind of very western way of looking Europe well not even Europe because there are parts of Europe that aren't like this at all but The UK struggles a lot. I'd say on the whole, we're not taught how to grieve or how to openly talk about death. We need to take a leaf out of so many books around the world. It's unreal. There's so much there to learn. So much. How to celebrate death, how to really incorporate death into our worlds, how to to grasp it and have a better integration of it. Um, It's my hope that one day we will be able to get better at these conversations. Uh, We've got a long way to go. 
yet. So basically, in the back of my mind, I've always wanted to start a podcast. I do a lot of voiceovers and I guess I'm quite performative. Not even performative, I like a chat. Who doesn't? But I really do like one. Um, though without really wanting to add to the already crowded space, because I felt like it's podcast frenzy. It has been for the last, whatever, five, six years. I've always just wanted to make sure that what I do and what I put out there had some, like, rang true to who I was, because otherwise I didn't just want to do something for the sake of doing it. So I tried to think of loads of ideas and none of them really stuck. So it wasn't really until uh, last September that I was in the north of Catalonia in a town called Cadaqués, which is actually where Dali used to hang out, would you believe? Um, I was with my best friend and we were driving in the car. She was driving and Robbie Williams's feel came on and we were just belting out the song and just like kind of looking at each other and smiling and laughing. And I just turned around. And I'm like, oh, my God, when I die, please play this at my funeral. And she looked at me so horrified and she was like, what do you mean? Well, I'm going to die before you so I won't have to decide your music for your funeral. And I was like, well, I mean, I, you know, if I can, I'd, I'd rather also die before you because I don't really want to assist your funeral. However, if I die, play this song. So after a brief discussion on who would die first... The penny dropped and it was like literally in that moment I just took up my phone and I was like, oh my God, this is what I have to do. This is the podcast. I have to ask people what they want played at their funeral because it's such an important part of the funeral process and of death. But especially the funeral, like that's literally the last thing that people have like go to see. And especially if you haven't been with that person every day, like you go there and you listen to that music and music is such a powerful way of communicating. So yeah, it just dropped and you know that feeling when you just know that you've like got it it's just there it's done and I just felt so good and I was like yeah this is it so anyway I was speaking to my friend Alex who's an amazing musician sound engineer and who's also the founder of um, Audio Commune a sound production agency and they do bespoke sound and music Um, he runs it with his friend Felix we got talking about it and he loved the idea and he was like listen I want to help you I want to record it with you and I want to produce it with you so I was like amazing great I have one person who wants who believes in this with me that's all you need one more person (laughs) so anyway just like that the seed was planted and we were already watering the flower that would soon become deathbed discs so as we were both throwing ourselves into completely uncharted territories uh, we decided one night to try out the episode format out like the guest format out Um, had a lot of wine and did it and did the interview so um here is a little snippet of the very first night which i thought would be quite fun (laughs) (laughs) all right okay and uh take it away i mean we're recording so if you're Um, ready yeah i'm ready this is all this is all for show this is all for show this is all for show. of course it is i mean i mean i'm live streaming this I know, I know you are. right now. Okay, we've got a whole big audience. Got right. a huge audience. So, welcome to the death show. Wait, I had my notes here. <laughs> We're starting off well, aren't we? <laughs> so that was that. Um, at the same time, my friend Dave, who I was working with at the time at Vice, started telling me about this project that he'd started with his dad, Paul. 
who'd recently been diagnosed with motor neuron disease um, together with another friend of theirs, Ben. They've started this project called Aura, which is a platform that helps to celebrate life and manage death. I call it like a Facebook for those at the end of life. It's a digital space where you can go and leave funeral plans. Well, you can go and prepare for your funeral or like just plan things like practical things or then just like leave like images and songs. And it's a great, great idea. And the goal and the aim of it is to really get people to openly talk about their death before it's even happened, like before you've even been diagnosed with anything, like just, you know, talking about it and being more open about it. So they jumped on board to sponsor Deathbed Discs. And, you know, we have the best kind of relationship and I love everything they do and they support everything we do here. So I encourage everyone to sign up and start using Aura today. In tandem, I've also begun my training as a soul midwife. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, soul midwifery is actually run by Felicity Warner. She started it. And it's also known as sort of death doula. And I kind of was left with such an, I don't know, they say that you're called kind of to soul midwifery. And I think after having experienced death very close with, with my stepfather and my grandpa and my grandmother, I I don't know, I felt very drawn to it. And I, I guess you could say I was I was called to it in a, in a way. Um, soul midwives, for those who don't know, are people, friends who care for people at the end of life from point of diagnosis to the very end. They help to make the process as peaceful as it can be to ensure that that person leaves this this world physically in the best possible way. It's truly one of some of the most beautiful work I've ever done and I'm really grateful I get to form part of this community. So kind of all of that has been my death journey thus far but in terms of my podcast journey the last six months have been full of remote recordings and in-person ones, laughs, cries, dropbox links, dropbox links and long edits but most of all, this podcast has been born from this desire to truly uncover death and grief from as many perspectives as possible and through music, because music has this healing, beautiful power to connect. To be honest, it's the most vulnerable I've ever been, but I've never felt so sure about putting something into the world, and that is terrifying. Like, I know they're going to be haters and lovers and people that may be just indifferent. Like, you know, when you do these kind of things, you open yourself up to that, but I'm ready for it. I just think if there is so much as someone on a on a bus going home, going home after a hospital visit, you know, someone who's just assisted a funeral, who's in the grieving process, who's just started it, who's 30 years on, whatever that person, people, whatever that steps they're in, if they so much as feel less alone for a split second because they listen to deathbed discs, I will feel like this has been all worth it. I truly believe that things happen for a reason. I'm not a big believer in chance. I do believe that things happen for a reason and I do think that they have an order and I do think that things affect things which affect other things which affect bigger events in life. And that brings me to think that those three incredible people that died had to die. And that is a very difficult concept to grasp. But if that meant that I'm doing this, then I feel that that had to happen. And I'm embracing it. And I'm truly grateful for that because this has been a, a wonderful experience. And this has been, as I said, something I feel like I've been needing to do for a while. So I really just want to dedicate this episode to Deirdre, 
my grandpa, my grandma Avia, and my stepdad Ed, who I watched tie my arms and who I'll be forever grateful for the time we shared. Ed, or Simon as he was known, once said to me that it's impossible for someone to be gone if they're in your heart every day. And if deep grief is a sign of deep love, then I embrace the grief that I've had for the last two and a half years. So with all of that said, I really truly hope that you will enjoy the first season of Deathbed Discs. So sending love, thank you for listening and welcome to Deathbed Discs. <laughs>